Welcome to the Bike Life Podcast by Warm Showers Foundation, where we will be sharing knowledge, experience, tools, and stories of touring cyclists and hosts from around the world. I'm Tauber Lee, the woman behind the scenes at Warm Showers Foundation, the leading platform for cyclists looking for hosts and to connect with a passionate international community. Find out more by visiting us at warmshowers.org. Now, on to the show. Coming to us from New York, today we have Saul with us, who is known on YouTube as Pizza Trike. (laughs) And he is an adult tricycle rider and here to share with us some really interesting information on riding a tricycle and how he got involved and at what point in his life he started learning to enjoy not two wheels, but three wheels. Welcome to the show, Saul. Thank you so much for having me. I love the I love the tricycle part of this conversation. Um, I don't know if we talked about this before, but my father rides a trike, and so uh, you know, whenever I do any long longer tours, it's next to him on his trike, and I absolutely love it. I don't know that we've talked too much about this on the show. Oh, that's amazing! Yeah, um, it's really changed my life. So I'm so thrilled to have discovered the the adult tricycle. Um, and how did you how did you discover the adult trike? Let's start at the beginning. Sure. Well, um, I I like to think I had a really great childhood, but the one thing that I was always longing for was learning how to ride a bike. And uh, to my mother's credit, she did take me out quite a bit uh, on a bike with training wheels, and I had a go at it. It was really a lot of fun, but unfortunately, it never really caught on. And it wasn't until my adult life when I uh, now have kids where I realized, you know, training wheels aren't really the best way to teach a child how to ride. Uh, Long story short, I never really learned how to ride a bike. And moving into my adult life, it kind of became the butt of every joke with friends uh, Mm -hmm. as soon as they discovered I didn't know how to ride. So um, at first, I just kind of went along with it, you know, laugh at myself a little bit. And then I I, it came back that's that spark and longing to learn how to do it. It just it has always looked like so much fun to me. So um, I started talking to some friends who suggested that we go out together and they teach me how to ride. First, one of my colleagues took me out and she was really patient with me, uh, got me on her bike, and we made some progress, but uh, not to the point where I was ready to go on my own. And a few weeks later, my friend James took me out and was so determined to teach me. <laughs> sure enough, by the end of that day, I was riding a bike. Um, however, I do live in New York City, and it's really intimidating to ride with uh, with car traffic. So even though I learned, I still didn't feel quite comfortable to be riding uh, on the city streets. My colleague who... Uh, unsuccessfully tried, you know, tried to teach me how to ride, made a joke about, you know, maybe you should just get one of those big wheels and uh, maybe they make one for adults. And we laughed about it. And then later on, I was like, you know, let me Google that. Let me <laughs> see if there are any giant tricycles uh, for adults. And sure enough, it's it's a thing. Um, they exist. And, um, and I decided that that was how I wanted to ride. I ordered a tricycle online. Um, oh, I, I apologize. I'm taking it, taking that back. I own more than one tricycle. I'm trying to remember my, my story. Your here. first one. Yeah. I've, my first one, I looked up 
where there were adult tricycles in New York City. I found a shop in Chelsea that had one, went for a test ride, had a blast, and bought it immediately. That was a Worksman Tri-Rider, which they, at the time, were making in Queens. Um, so I, I assume that's why they had it in Manhattan. And yeah, it just became my life from that point forward. Like I said, I, I ended up getting more than one trike. So um, we could get into that later if you'd like, but I, I now yeah. own a total of three trikes. So when was that? That was, I want to say, 2009 when I got my first trike. And what was the key differences for you? Because you, you still had this discomfort in riding a regular bicycle with two wheels. Like, What was the main parts that felt different to you between the two? I think it's a, it's a balance issue for me. Um, I've, I've never been the most coordinated person in the world. Sports really aren't my thing. Um, and yeah, balance was, was always a challenge. So just knowing that I, I didn't even have to focus on that part and I can, you know, use my energy to enjoy the ride to, you know, ride defensively and make sure that I'm not getting hit by a car, uh, the, the the three wheels really just made me more confident. Mm, I understand. And how was it taking up more space, right? Because the third wheel takes up a little bit more space. Was that harder in New York City? Uh, you know, I feel like cars actually noticed me more, uh, it, mm. especially at that time in 2009. There weren't many tricycles or even family cargo bikes on the road. So uh, if anything, they I kind of stood out like a sore thumb and, you know, what is that guy riding? And they mm. would give me more space. Um, yeah, I, it's it's very rare that I, I ever get anyone, uh, you know, becoming angry or aggressive toward me because I'm running a track. If anything, it, it works to my advantage to, to just have that, that extra space in the back. And um, that makes I, total I sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay, so tell me, have you done any like longer tours on your tricycle? I have. So there, here comes in the, the story of tricycle number two. Now, this one I did uh, Google. Uh, I was trying to find a trike that I can go longer distances on. I did do a few tours with my um, my Worksman Tri-Rider, but it's, it's really heavy and um, not really aerodynamic at all. Um, the wheels were 20-inch wheels. Um, so I was able to, to ride long distances, but not at the comfort I would like. Uh, I found a company in the UK called Mission Cycles, and they make the tribrid model. So uh, I got one of those shipped to my my old job, and my bosses and I built it together. Uh, it has 21 speeds. I got an extra comfy uh, saddle that mm -hmm. uh, was also on my worksman, so just like an extra wide saddle. And um, yeah, I've been touring on that. It feels great. And uh, the furthest I've gone is to Rhode Island, uh, Providence, Rhode Island, with my buddy Ian. And uh, I'm looking to go even further in the future. Um, I have kids now, so it's a little bit harder, but I do get to go out on some weekend jaunts every once in a while. I love it. And does did Ian ride a tricycle as well, or was he riding two wheels? He was um, in the middle of a move from New York to Providence. Um, and the reason why the trip came about is because we had been riding together uh, outside of New York for, for some shorter like uh, bikepacking tours. And he was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm about to do this move. And I was thinking the best way to get my bike up there is, is to ride it. So he was on two wheels uh, riding what he normally rode uh, around the city and, and on our shorter rides. 
sounds fun. I'm sure that you were uh, a showstopper along the way. <laughs> yeah, um, all the all the hosts we had were, were all pretty intrigued by it. So it definitely was a topic of conversation. Have you come across a lot of other bike tours that are riding on tricycles? Not so much the the upright tricycle like I have. So mine has two wheels in the back, one in the front. Um, I have seen a few tandem trikes uh, that have two in the front, one in the back, and then kind of like a long uh, flag to to get the attention of drivers. Um, but yeah, uprights, I don't think I've seen any on the road uh, while touring. In the city, I see a few. And I always make sure to ring my bell and, and give a shout to them because it's it's awesome. Uh, and ultimately, I love it. And I'm very encouraging of everyone to go out and try one if they if they haven't. And when you say upright, you mean as opposed to recumbent, because I think most people, when they think of a tricycle, they think of it being recumbent, meaning that it's low to the ground, you know, feet in front. And I, I, I say that because I know a lot of people who ride those um, particular style of tricycles. So that's what you're talking about when you mean upright. Correct. I, I might have said tandem. I meant recumbent. Thank you. Okay. Yes. Got it. Recumbent. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, so how many people have been like fascinated by what you're doing and wanted to have an interest in getting more involved in a tricycle? Um, more often than you might think. It's it's often people uh, who fell into the category that I did of, of just, you know, never felt confident on a bike and would love to be able to, but just never knew how. And so I've been at, you know, stoplights where someone on the sidewalk will scream out, that's so cool. Where did you get that? What is that? And I'll stop to talk to them. And um, it, it was a lot easier when I was able to say, hey, they make these in Queens. You can, you know, mm. uh, grab one from there. They've they've since moved to South Carolina. Their factory is there, but still U.S. made. And um, and yeah, tricycles are becoming more and more common uh, from what I've seen. Uh, so I, I definitely encourage it. And if you can't find them locally, they, they are online. There are a few distributors you can yeah. ship them out to you. Yeah, look at look it up. And if you have any links all that you want us to share, make sure you send it to us and we'll put it in the show notes in case anyone is curious to know more. Um, so tell me about starting the YouTube channel. Like where and how did that come about? Well, uh, th this is a great segue into the third tricycle. So, you know, I, I, I've obviously gotten to see uh, quite a bit of the roads I, I ride every day. Um, so the city streets are I'm very familiar with. Um but it wasn't until I, I had kids and started riding with them in tow that I really became conscious of just how it's not very safe uh, to be riding with them sometimes. So um, so I decided to kind of get more involved with street advocacy and making sure that everything uh, could be that can be done is being done to fix our streets. And uh, one of those ways was starting this YouTube channel called Pizza Trike, um, where I'm filming my rides through the city. And you can kind of see the roads in their current conditions and uh, see that there's a lot of room for improvements. Uh, and it's a way of me doing advocacy that isn't really hitting people over the head with the fact that it's not safe. You just kind of see my journey and you understand that, you know, if you want to go get a slice of pizza, um, you know, you, there, there could be safer street conditions for you out there and there could be more to be done. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just more conscious and aware of it, uh, having had kids and riding with them all the time. Mm -hmm. 
Today's episode is brought to you by BikeFlights.com, the leading bicycle shipping service and bike box supplier for cyclists. You'll enjoy low costs, excellent service, and on-time delivery with every shipment, and you get preferred handling for your high-value bikes, wheels, and gear. As a brand built around a love for the outdoors, they are committed to reducing environmental impact, and every Bike Flights shipment is carbon neutral. Join the nearly 1 million cyclists who have used bike flights to ship their bikes, wheels, and gear with confidence since 2009 and see how easy it is to book, manage, and track all of your shipments. Visit bikeflights.com forward slash warm showers today for more information and to book your shipment. Now back to the show. And I know you you really focus on street advocacy. So are there other areas and work that you do in that particular, um, uh, I want to say, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word to say, like to create better safety. Like, are there other things that you do in New York around that? Uh, yeah, this past year, I got involved with a uh, great nonprofit in New York City called uh, Transportation Alternatives. And I worked with uh, a couple of neighbors of mine on doing a family bike ride to just kind of raise awareness that on our streets, there are more and more cargo bikes, family bikes uh, riding, and um, and we really need to be given some extra space and, and uh, drivers just need to be more aware of us. So we organized this family bike ride around Prospect Park, and there was just kind of a, a sea of cargo bikes out there. And uh, I think we really drove it home. There were uh, some local politicians there too, who, uh, you know, now this issue is in in the forefront, and they recognize that more needs to be done to to get get our streets uh, in better condition for riding. Um, and I'm also involved in open streets initiatives. There is uh, an open street uh, somewhat nearby my neighborhood um, that is mostly used or was mostly used for street parking, and uh, it has since been closed off to become a pedestrian plaza. We've painted some picnic benches and uh, put up some barriers so that this little dead-end street could be used for people um, and really just prioritizing that space for people in the city. You know, we're all kind of fighting for space here. It's it's a lot of people living uh, in the city, and uh, I think we really do need to reprioritize the streets for people. Yeah, I've been to New York City several times and many different areas in in New York City itself. And I, I feel like it must be very difficult to take on a challenge like um, pedestrian or bicycle or tricycle advocacy because there's such a congestion in the city itself. And it's not the only city. I mean, it's one of the largest, but it's not the only city that faces that challenge. And I like how you worded that, that everyone's fighting to take up space. Yeah, it's it's just kind of it's the common ground that I've found with with um, cyclists and pedestrians and drivers is we're all just trying to get to where we need to go safely, and um, I, I think if we can all recognize that, then it'll be easier to 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 work out this this space situation. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. This brings up another question for me because I've been on a public transportation in New York City. Um, it, are you able to get your tricycle on public transportation? <laughs> You know, I bet I could, uh, but I don't want to do that to my fellow New Yorkers. I feel yeah. like it, it takes up a lot of space. I recognize that. And quite honestly, I'd rather be riding anyway. So yeah. um, So while it's it's likely I could pull it off, I, re- I choose not to. So because I imagine you have three tricycles, do you store them put together or are they all taken apart? 
So I've got two stored at my home. Um, the the Aventor Acoustic Tricycle, which is the Mission Tribrid that I ride solo. I used to have two kid seats on there, but uh, my kids are older now. So uh, I went and got the third trike, which is more of like a rickshaw model. Um, it's still upright, two wheels in the back, one in the front, uh, but it has a bench for them to sit on mm. in the back. So I've got... Uh, that one on the floor in my basement, and then I've got the um, the Adventure one hanging on the wall in the basement. And then the original tricycle that I bought is uh, in storage at my parents' house, uh, just because storage is very limited where I live, yes. and I yeah, I didn't have the space for it, unfortunately. So it's it's currently retired, but maybe one day I'll end up in a space where I can have all of them. Uh, in a garage somewhere. Or maybe one of your kids will want to start riding them. Oh, yeah. I like the way you think. <laughs> so tell me about your children. Are they riding their own bikes or trikes now? Or are they still just riding? I love the... I, I'm hoping you send us a picture of the bench on the back because I like the. I like how you said it, like a rickshaw. Because I'm in my mind, I'm picturing what that bench looks like. But do they ride with you often? Uh, they do. One of the, the benefits, uh, okay. So, uh, obviously the pandemic was terrible, um, mm. and, and continues to be terrible. Um, New York city streets were nearly empty around that time. Mm. And there was, uh, an initiative started for open streets where they just, um, started many of them across the city. And for those who don't know, open streets are when they shut down streets to car traffic by putting up some barriers, and then people can really spread out and utilize that space. So uh, I went to a local uh, open street with my son and taught him how to ride a bike during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And just having that space for him to really uh, glide and, and move on his own um, made all the difference. So um that also kind of contributed to me wanting to be more involved with uh, Safe Streets Advocacy. And yeah, so he knows how to ride now. I'm still working on it with my daughter. She's she's younger than him. and uh, But ultimately, we ride every day to school. They're always in the back of the uh, of the uh, pizza trike, which is uh, the of, of the three trikes. That's the one that got the name. And hmm. and uh, my son named it, actually. So that's why we, we ride it and we ride together. We're a cycling family. They love going um, not just to school, but like over the summer, we just kind of explore the city together. And it's been really incredible. So Amazing. Why pizza? Why pizza trike? Um, so I found some cool bag online, um, a frame bag online that's shaped like a slice of pizza. Mm. So I, I threw that on the trike. It somehow fit perfectly on this trike. And... Uh, I also carried over a Safety Pizza, which is a, a great company out of California who make a little reflective pizza that you can hang in the back of your uh, of your bike, or in my case, a trike, to get attention from drivers. So I had those two accessories on there, and uh, I don't know. One day, the, the name just kind of came out. Oh, it's the Pizza Trike, you know, at, <laughs> at school drop off. Some I, I'm almost positive my son said it, if not one of his classmates, and. Then every day when we started showing up to school drop off, you know, hey, pizza trike, pizza trike. Uh, I thought I maybe it was going to be some story about how you use your tricycle to pick up pizzas for dinner. <laughs> well, that that came later, um, and yeah, I mean that that was happening anyway, right? I was mm -hmm. I, well. Uh, I guess you could you could assume maybe a, a New Yorker and <laughs> uh, riding around loves pizza. That's me. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so I was going out anyway to to get pizza for dinner. 
Uh, on top of the fact that everyone started calling it pizza truck, it just kind of naturally fell together. And, um, and, uh, on top of that, I have a, a background in, in video. So, um, so while riding around getting pizza, getting it, you know, my, my trike is being called pizza trike. I started thinking I got to put all these together somehow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, I'm thinking back to your comment on the open streets that happened during the pandemic where it just allowed more spaciousness. I think that some of us can really take for granted that we have massive parking lots in like shopping centers and neighborhood community centers and schools. Like there's so much space in different parts of the U.S. where I'm thinking even to myself, I had to make a big drive recently and I was pulling a trailer. And so I had to like go to a parking lot and figure out how to back it up. And there's so much space to go do that. And I forget about that in New York City. Like you don't necessarily have access to open space to teach a child like that with lots of space. I mean, we're talking like a, you know, a a mile around you to be able to maneuver. So I'm, I'm really interested to know if they kept those open streets, that plan still in place outside of the pandemic. It's a great question. Um, so many of them uh, just started to fall apart, unfortunately. Like the one we were on, um, for those familiar with the areas in Parkside Avenue in Brooklyn, um, just south of Prospect Park. And it's, it's, a, it's a place where uh, the, the, the drivers just didn't care. Uh, they didn't respect the open street, so they would pull away the police barriers and just start driving through um, all the open streets really started to fall apart, uh, but a handful stuck around. Um, there are still a few nearby that every weekend get to put up barriers. They have um, organizations behind them that volunteer their time to put up the barriers every weekend and take them down at the end of the day. Um, it's definitely not sustainable. They need support from the city, right. um, but but they're making it work for now. Um and I, I hope to see more in the future. Um, I think that once people recognize how helpful it is for communities to have these spaces, that's when they start to stick around. You know, mm-hmm. when people see what that space can be used for instead of, of car storage, um, they start to rethink that space. So even in temporary like periods of time, like a day of the week or a particular few days of the week. I, I, f- I feel like that that's a really brilliant thing that came out of the pandemic for you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's not just people, um, you know, pedestrians benefiting from it, you know, to learn how to ride a bike, you know, restaurants mm-hmm. are able to spread out, uh, right. storefronts are able to spread out into the streets too. And it's, right. it's just become so vibrant. You know, you see so many people out. I'm thinking in particular near me, there's a Vanderbilt Avenue open street in Brooklyn, and it is just so well run. It's like the, the creme de la creme of open streets. Mm-hmm. Um, you go there and people are just having a ball. There's live music, people eating, people just talking and hanging out, reading books. It's it's wonderful. It's like an everyday festival. It's, it just becomes yeah. like an everyday because often streets get closed down for festivals or events. Like It's like an everyday festival. It's, it's such a beautiful way to bring community together. It reminds me of this little town in Belgium that I visited called Bruges. And they have no cars in the main city center at all of this old, you know, historic town. It's all cobblestone lined streets. And when you walk down these streets, people are definitely gathered in communities at at cafes and the students when they're on break. And it's so different, right? When there's the ability to not have a piece of metal between each other. Now, of course, you got to get in and out of the town. So there are roads, but I, I feel like that there are some amazing opportunities to be learned from that. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I've seen a lot of the same in Italy too, in the in the smaller mm-hmm. towns that mm-hmm. have the the town square, and that that can happen here. You know, mm-hmm. I love it. Well, Saul, thank you so much. This has been delightful. I have really enjoyed getting to know you and the work you do, and how you ride your tricycle with your children and your family. And we'll put the link to your YouTube channel in the show notes. Is there any other social media or handles that you would like to share? Uh, it's all pizza tricks. So I am on Instagram. Uh, I don't use it as much, but um, primarily YouTube is the place to go. I make these uh, fun little videos. There is not any dialogue. It's it's all just kind of like uh, lo-fi hip hop music played to um, views of New York City streets, uh, where I do in fact ride to go get pizza around the city. And you could come along on those journeys with me. And I'm also doing a little bit of street advocacy leaning recently where you can um, see roads that need improvement um, and um, all the points where they are failing. And hopefully um, the city will take note of those too and, and make some improvements on those streets. And last but not least, I'm also tackling the trike packing aspect of this uh, and adding a little bit more fun to my rides that are just kind of the adventure. So you can follow along for those too. How fun. And for anyone that is in the New York City area, Hook up with Saul, get into your government contacts and city planners and see what you can do to be a part of this advocacy that Saul is doing and check out his, check out his YouTube channel. It's amazing. Have a look. Some of the videos are quite funny. (laughs) Thank you, Saul. Thank you so much for being here. And for those of you listening, we will include everything you need to know in the show notes. And of course, a rating and review always helps us and we will be back. Thanks, Saul. Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Wherever you are listening, please leave us a rating and a review as it helps us reach more cyclists and hosts around the world. Visit us at warmshowers.org to become a part of our community or on Instagram at warmshowers underscore org. If you would like to be a guest on the show or submit a question, please make sure to email us at podcast at warmshowers.org.